The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Honestly, Neil, I thought Wednesday was supposed to be ailment day, but I guess I got to push it up by a day. How are you doing? Oh, much better than you, since uh, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, Gro- your groans. pains and jazz <laughs> off, off mic. My God, I, I feel a bit terrible for you. Uh, I wish a cup of Hawaiian Isles could fix that. But anyway. Um, no, that would, that, would, that would actually cause it with me. That's the, that's yeah, the problem. I know, I know. My, man, I just. Uh, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm doing just fine. Glad to be back on. Thank you for having me back on Tuesdays. Oh, uh, I don't even have the energy to give you a hard time for that today. I know, I know, I know. I don't want to make it. Um... Anyway, I'm going to be back. Uh, we got a mock to break down. We do. Um, I am yes. infinitely jealous of people that don't have uh, gastrointestinal problems. I, what, what is that life like to just go through the day thinking, I can just eat whatever the heck I want and I'll go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and everything will be normal? Is that, are you like, do you have an iron, an iron gut? Uh, I, I don't think it's an iron gut, but it's, um, uh, I know what my, my issues would be, so I just avoid those. And it's very limited, so I could uh, oh. pretty much eat anything. That's I know. the I don't, dream. It's one of those things you don't think about unless I guess you have. Yeah, all I know is that whenever people talk to me about like genetics and when the kid, what money my child, is he more like me? Is he more like his mom? And I'll, my only response is, I don't care what he gets from either of us. We have some decent... We have some decent personality traits. We have some okay genetics. The only thing I ever pray for is that he gets my wife's digestive system because this is just the pits. Anyway, uh, hopefully by tomorrow then, hopefully I'll be ailment-free on Wednesday. I'm pushing it up by 24 hours. Uh, This is Fantasy NBA Today. It's not ailment NBA today. I'm Dan Baspers. He's Neil Rochelani. At Dan Baspers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, at Ball with Neil. B-A-L-L-W-I-T-H-N-E-I-L. We finished off yesterday with the first 24 picks of a industry nine-category mock draft. So this is no money on this one, but you start to get a feel for other pros. Before we dive into it, Neil, you mentioned Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. I wanted to uh, expound upon that a little bit. They are the presenting sponsor of all our shows here at HoopBall. They are fantastic. You can find them on the interwebs at H.I. Kona Coffee on Twitter, HawaiianIsles.com. Hawaiian Isles, you can search for on Amazon. You can get that sent directly to your doorstep. A massive, massive, every day, really, a massive thank you to Hawaiian Isles uh, for their continued partnership here, powering the locomotive, many of our hoopball staff, drinking plenty of it to stay awake, especially during the busy seasons of the year. And one of those is... Well, right now. That's why they're also the uh, partner for our draft guide, which remains on sale for $15.99. Check that out. Follow at Hoopball Fantasy. And you can get the updates on that boy over there, uh, that bad boy over there as well. Um, so I, I guess before we dive back into the, uh, the mock draft, I wanted to, number one, mention that, and I, and I said this on yesterday's show, but Neil, I was wondering if you had different thoughts than I did. I love looking at results of industry mock drafts as one of my sort of base draft result uh, of, of my pyramid, of my draft result pyramid. Industry pro draft result is one of the building blocks. I love to know what all of the different websites are doing. 
because you get every you get somebody from every different of the big ones into the same mock draft, uh, and then you have a pretty good idea of who those sites are likely pushing in their projections. And if you know the teams in your league, if you know what sites they're reading, you know when guys are coming off the board. It's a, it's an incredible thing to have at your disposal. How do you utilize industry mock drafts? Similar to what I'm doing, something different? Is this something that you like to use a lot of, very little? Now I'm going to stop talking. Uh, industry mock drafts, I think primarily I use them for uh, guys that I think because guys that I think that I want in sort of like mid to late rounds, uh, guys I'm targeting that I think might be sleepers but haven't really been talked about yet, and just I try to see where some of the industry is on that. Because I don't think my competition is going to be ahead of that in terms of um, not not the sleepers you read about, but the sleepers that maybe you don't read about as much and that I'm kind of targeting and feel pretty good about. So those, those handful of players is really where I get the most out of the industry mock drafts. I have a couple of follow-up questions on that, and I'm going to see if I can remember them because I didn't write either of them down as you were talking. Uh, number one, you were mentioning as guys that you're you're sort of watching that you're targeting. You're watching those guys to see if the industry pros are also targeting them because then that might trickle down to the other people in your league. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, exactly. Because okay. if an industry pro is, is, is uh, targeting them, you know, most of the people I play against are reading... Uh, I wouldn't say the same people, but there's you know a handful of of um, professionals that people tend to follow that uh, rise to the top. And I think if those guys are picking them, let's say in round seven, where I was hoping to get them in round eight or nine, um, maybe I do make a little bit of a reach. So yeah, that's one way for sure. Um, the other question is is almost a little bit of a bone to pick. Um, I, I feel like the term sleeper no longer is a real thing. Oh sure, sure. I don't know what else to call them. Yeah, guess, what what can we call them? Targets, I guess. I don't know. We need it. We need to do it right here today. We need to break this down because I know you agree with me on this. There's so many uh, great sources of information out there, and this is me not. This this is not the complaining part of my rant. This is the. This is really good for people playing fantasy sports. There's so many really smart people breaking down fantasy basketball. Uh, who's you know make a living doing this or make part of a living, I guess, doing this. Uh, so the the information is so readily available for the players that I don't know that there's such thing as a sleeper anymore. What like Neil? What did a sleeper used to be before everybody had a ton of information at their fingertips? Was it was it just guys that like you didn't know about going into the year? Because I don't think that's a thing anymore. Yeah, I think sleepers used to be guys that uh, were coming into the year that were going to really outperform their performance last year or in the prior years and. Um, no one was really aware that could happen, right? Yeah, That's I what guess. I think of a sleeper is, and now everyone's aware of the top 150. So <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's impossible. Um, but I guess uh, even within that, though, there there's uh, there's there's tiers, right? So you're trying to still kind of figure out where someone like a someone I'm projecting maybe an 80 to 90 that's going 120 in like in current draft position, and they get picked 80 or 90. Then maybe I start to think that maybe I'm not the only one on that. Right, and so, and, and that's the thing. Like, if you look at every single fantasy website, eventually every single player is going to be covered, and so there just won't be sleepers left. I think this, if you want to call it this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep using the terminology because that's like you said, what the hell else do we call them? Uh, I'm gonna keep using it. I think the sleepers now, if you want to call them that, are actually the guys that are more kind of asleep 
if as it were like the distressed assets the old men the uh oh. the forgotten the like what i don't know what what term you want to use for them because the young up-and-comers the guys that are set to make a leap those are the guys now that have all the buzz they're wide awake yeah, I mean, sleepers basically, uh, the reason people wanted sleepers is because they want someone who would uh, have uh, value, right? Um, yes, and perhaps yes. great value over their draft position. And now, now, if you're just looking for great value, it's just, it's probably going to be more guys who are aging and have, are boring. One of those two categories. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's not, they're not sleepers. <laughs> they're not put you, they're not sleepers anymore. They're put you to sleepers. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's the new term. All right. Well, we did it today. I needed to get that off my chest because I've been ranting about it on Twitter, but I haven't had anybody to talk about it with on the podcast. And it felt like doing it myself was just like this weird self-congratulatory thing like, yeah, Dan, good idea to not call them that anymore. You're right, Dan. Thanks for doing all that. <laughs> That's, um, yeah. I mean, I know that I'm uh, a little bit of a narcissist here and love the sound of my own voice, but that even was a bridge too far for me. Uh, okay. So, Let's roll that all together. Sleeper rant, whether you know, irrespective of what the hell what we were just blathering on about for a minute there. The the industry pro mock draft, which is the one we're going to continue to break down momentarily, is for you, Neil. And I think this is a really good point: is you're looking for some of the guys you're targeting and finding out if any other websites are also targeting them. For me, and I don't know, Neil, how long have you been in leagues with some of your buddies? Probably a long time, right? Oh yeah, my home league probably. This might be year seven. Yeah, I that's think, something like that. Okay, so by year seven, you probably have an okay idea of what information most of the people in your league are are reading, right? Like you've watched the way they draft over the years, and you've seen, oh yeah, that guy. You know, if somebody took Jamal Murray real early two years ago, you know they were a Roto World guy. Or if they took Nikola Jokic early a couple years ago, you know they were a hoop ball guy. There, there's a way to sort of. And then there's always going to be a few people where you're just like, I don't know what the hell information that dude's reading right now. He's got his own wacky, like, writing on the mirror in his bedroom. But you, you like me, I assume, you must have some idea what these, what your competitors are reading, right? Yeah, you have some idea of which sites tend to, um, uh, yeah, which some, which some of the players in my league tend to uh, gravitate towards, for sure. So then you're able to watch these industry mock drafts, and you can immediately apply that to those people in your league. You know who they're going to pick and when. Well, that's, uh, that would be fantastic if I knew that much. But, uh, yeah, you have some idea of where people are going to go. And, um, I mean, are you, do you have that, that much down to a science where you really know where someone might pick someone? No, because there's always the wild cards. There's always yes. the couple of – there's yeah, exactly. always the teams that are just like – There's always yep. – there's always like uh, – I'm sorry. I, I stepped on you there. Keep going. Go, go, go. I'm the one with the ailment today. Go, go, go. Yeah, no, no. I was going to say there's always wild cards, right? There's always so many – even like guys that you think are predictable – um, I mean, like players in your league who you think might hold form in some way uh, tend to kind of go off the board sometimes. I think there's just so much emotion wrapped up in these things that people fall in love with players and they just um, they just grab them early. That's and true. So, so I don't I don't worry about those teams, though. Those are the teams I don't worry about because they're going to do something dumb and it's not going to impact me that much. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're more likely than not to miss than to hit. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's. It's just, it's, it's, it's just really funny because there's not a lot of um, growth from that mindset. No, none. So. But every league, you need to have those crazy people in your league. You need to have the one that like takes Joel Embiid third overall, where you're just like, what? And then you step back and you're like, oh, 
Sweet. Well, that uh, made my life easier by one whole pick. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it's like everybody that I wanted fell one pick closer to me with that one. Uh, there's always those wild cards, but I, I don't worry about them. Eventually, they're going to get you, but most of the time, they're actually going to leave the guys you want. I, you can't know specifically where guys are going to go, but right off the top of my head, thinking about my biggest money league, that's the one I obviously pay the most attention to, uh, I can, right off the top of my head, I can tell you that there are two people in that league that follow hoop ball very closely, just from watching the way they've drafted the last couple of years. There's like four guys in that league that follow Roto World pretty closely. I've seen the way they've drafted. There's two, what you'd call sort of the wild cards. There's the one that always takes the Celtics. Like, you, you can you put your whole league together. And so on draft day, and I know we're getting off topic a little bit here with the industry mock, but on draft day, if you know the way that these people are inclined to draft and you know where you sit in relation to them in draft order, I think you can actually set up your queue a little bit better. You're going to end up getting sniped way less often if you have a pretty good idea of who these teams are going to take already. So for me, I love these industry mock drafts because I know uh, people in my league who they're going to be targeting. And, and this is the extra one that we'll see if we'll throw this one into the mix. And you also have an idea, an early industry mock, which is the one we're breaking down right now, how it's going to impact ADP of players moving forward. Guys that, like you said, you were looking to get a little bit later, maybe they went early in the industry deal, as people start to look at the projections from these websites, that's going to move where these guys get drafted in reality over the next three to four weeks. So you can plan ahead. Neil, you could probably push your league to have an earlier draft if you're you're worried about the ADPs adjusting too soon. Oh, yeah, I have no say when the draft happens. It's it's like I'm I'm the one person without a kid. So um, everyone else has priority. Anyway, um, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up too before we get into this, if I can, one other point yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. learned from the, you know, we often talk about uh, ADP or the, the ranking or the specific number, um, but people don't draft rankings they, or, or specific numbers. They, they draft in rounds. So when people draft in a third round, they're looking for a third round player. They're not necessarily looking for a specific pick. Um, and that's something I've learned as well. People will draft for positional need and also thinking, oh, is this a third-round guy? Is this a fourth-round guy? Is this a fifth-round guy? Rather than, is this the 25th best player? So, Man, yeah, the magic of best player available. It is It is a weapon. It's a weapon. Because, I mean, everybody gets so caught up in pairings and stuff like that, but there's so many rounds left after those first couple for you to work all that out. I think the only positional deal that I probably agree with this year is that you really do need to get your first point guard in the first three to four rounds. If you, if you whiff on that, you're in, you're in pretty good trouble on that side of things. But otherwise, everybody's like, oh, I got a center early. Should I, what point guard should I take in round two? And it's like, well, you should probably take the guy that's going to be the best ranked player in round two. If it's a point guard, that's sweet. But it doesn't have to be. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People don't think necessarily when they're drafting about the rankings. They're thinking about their own team and then their one pick per round. Um, do you think? Do you think that? Needs. And so, so that distorts the. That, that's why just looking at the rankings in absolute terms will not necessarily correlate very much to your actual draft. Do you think that having that uh, that bar over on the right side of the draft window that tells you what positions you've filled already? Do you think that's actually hurting people? I think so, because they're starting to look at scarcity right away. 
and perhaps that's not the right thing to do. Mm. You know, if someone has like, I think it's harder to draft two point guards in a row or two at the same position, even if they're the two best players at the time it comes up. Man, that draft window is a weapon too. If you can figure out a way to to use that against your opponents, just with the way that it it influences drafting, the the positional side, the the Yahoo's pre rankings, all of that stuff sways people into making decisions that they wouldn't normally make. The psychology of it's amazing. Yeah, it's fascinating, um, and I, I definitely uh, fall into that trap myself. So we all have. Yeah, so it's not like it's we're all. I'm definitely uh, biased by that as well. Um, yeah, so I want to throw that out there because I was going to get the first pick of the third round and it started to make me wonder about that. So I would recommend, and I don't know what, what your move is. I'd love, I'd love to hear it also. And, and really we are closing in on breaking down picks. I promise <laughs> this, this just, I, to me, this is a really interesting discussion of draft day strategy. Uh, my move is after the first eh, roughly th- two rounds, I really start to move hard towards having a queue set up. So that you're not as influenced by where the people sit in that on the Yahoo pre rank part. I don't do a full queue right from the outset because I I, I do want to see what other people are looking at in my draft. I think it's important to know like what your competitors are viewing and the guys that are probably going to go off the board. But I think if you have a queue a couple rounds in in advance, maybe two ish rounds in advance, that doesn't mean set a queue of 24 picks. That means set like you know, six to 10 and hope that one of those guys makes it back to you. But to me, it's really important to set that cue because then you're setting that up in the order that it's a combination, I guess. And you and I, I think, talked about this a little bit on Thursday last week. You're setting it up in the order, a combination of the order between when you think they're going to go to other people versus how badly you want that player. And to me, early in the draft, I am almost exclusively drafting on whether or not I think a guy's going to get back to me. It's less about targeting and it's more about I got to take the guy that I think is the best value that's not going to be there when my turn comes back. So that's how I set up my queue. Uh, and that's why I only do it a round or two in advance because it, it's sort of a dynamic monster. As you get a little bit farther along, then you have the opportunity to target guys a little bit better. What is your queue usage on draft day, Neil? Uh, well, I definitely like to have a queue because otherwise, if I'm just targeting like one or two players and they're not there, then I freak out. And and you know most um, most online drafts are very short in terms of your time frame. So yeah, I like to have, like you say, I like to have. Um, first of all, I know this is probably going to go go against what we just said or what I just said, but I do like to have everyone of one position in my queue, um, just to see who's the best and the available in each position. And then and do then you, like do you have, pull them out? In addition, I'm sorry, again. So, so do you, you make that queue and then do you pull some guys out of that? Like, Oh no, no, no. I'll make a queue of like, like you said, I'll do it like two to three rounds in advance. Um, so I'll have maybe like 10 to 12, but if I'm missing a position, I will definitely throw Ooh, the last person. A wrinkle. This is a wrinkle yeah. off of... Okay, so when do you start doing that phase of the project? How many rounds in do you actually start paying attention to your positional situation? I start paying attention pretty much after the third round. Yeah, okay. I believe, that, that's I, okay. I, not, not, not that I'm targeting it. Like, I have to have, you know, a certain position by a certain round. I just want to be aware of what I have, what I don't have, and then who's out there for those needs. So... Yeah, that makes sense. All right, you want to do some draft breakdown? 
Let's go. That was fun. I like that. Getting into the the deep the weeds on this stuff. Uh, first pick of the third round. We'll just uh, well deciding whether or not I want to read what we've had happen to this point. Nah, you know what? If you want to know the first twenty four, you can go back to yesterday's show. Pick number twenty five. I'll handle the odds. Neil, you've got the evens. Odd number twenty five. Donovan Mitchell. This is a nine category league. Number twenty five is an interesting spot for him. Uh, man. His the only thing that I'm going to take away from this one because you guys know that I'm not a massive Donovan Mitchell fan uh, is it, where he's actually going off the board is all over the place in these in these drafts we've broken down. It's like anywhere from twenty to forty. I don't have a clue where he's going in your draft on draft day. His Yahoo ADP is twenty seven and a half, so this is relatively close to that. Um. I don't know. I've, I've, I've honestly forgotten what your feeling was on, on Donovan. I just, like He was 55 in 9-cat last year on a per-game basis. Yeah, he played 77 games, but he's going to have to make a pretty good leap to get from 50s per game to whatever it is, 30s per game to get to this point. I mean, I don't know. I think I'd rather go a different direction in round three. Yeah, in terms of just like the, in a vacuum, I don't see him getting much better, you know, um, scoring or three-pointers or uh, we'll see if he does any better in assist that might maybe come up a little bit but um i yeah i don't think he's gonna reach this value uh 25th but look at this team um it's their the first pick in the third round they don't get another pick until 48th and if this is the guy you want um i think you have to take him here like you said he's not coming back at, at um 48 so yeah i would not take him but i mm. think it's not a bad move at any stretch yeah knowing that you're not going to pick again for you know 25 slots basically it it does change things and you do end up targeting guys and he had two centers going into this third round um i just don't know that he's sort of the point guard stat set that you're looking for um yeah i I mean i guess he's he there's a safety to him right where he's probably gonna play 75 games Utah has no bench, <laughs> so he's going to sort of have to be out there, and if he's a 40-something per game and he plays 77 games again, he'd probably be a 30-something on total, so I guess he'd get close to that. I just, I don't know. I guess my simple reasoning, Neil, is I don't see how he could really go any higher than this, and if he can, it's like by maybe one or two slots max. All of the the room for him, his window is like 23 to 55 and you took him two slots into that. Yeah, but I guess this guy wouldn't want to go big again. I mean, the best guys out there are probably the big men, right? Yeah. And maybe that's where it gets kind of scary to go three big men in a row. Not, I mean, that that's maybe a little much because then you're really hampering yourself in other positions. You are. You are. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the next point guard off the board is D'Angelo Russell, and then Russell Westbrook's the next point guard off the board at that point. So at least uh, with this one, you're you're getting someone who's a bit safer than those. I don't know, man. I mean, if Westbrook was better than Donovan Mitchell, as much as everybody hates Russell Westbrook, I've I've bagged on him for his free throw percent a thousand times. He was vastly superior than Donovan Mitchell last year. You know, it wasn't. It really wasn't that close. I think there's a certain. Anyway, whatever. Uh, it's an even number. You're next. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Neil was at twenty six. Number twenty six is John Collins. Uh... And for me, this is, again, um, maybe a little early. I don't know if he 
I know there's still a lot of buzz on him. He's been a he's been a quote unquote sleeper guy for a while. Um, but um, <laughs> I think, I, I, I think he can get there. I mean, he could get there. Um, I think he's a third round pick. So again, I don't have a problem with this. Maybe a little bit too early in the third round. But I'm looking at this team build. He's got Collins now after taking um, Harden and um, God, my eyes are not doing well. No, see, you uh, do have an ailment. Old man. I do have an ailment. God, why am I missing this? Um, oh, he took uh, Vucevic. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, this is a fine compliment, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, I don't mind this one. You know, I, uh, in looking at some of the guys behind him at this spot, he's among the players with the highest upside left on the board that you could take at 26. I'm okay with this one. I don't. I don't have a ton to add. I do think... If I had to guess, and that's part of our job is to make educated guesses, I do think his defensive stats come back a little bit. Last year felt kind of like an outlier, didn't it? Like he went to no defensive stats last season. That was pretty weird. Yeah, that was weird. And there are actually two centers I would take over him. Is DeAndre Ayton one of them? DeAndre Ayton is one of them, yeah. I'm looking at the rest of the centers in this round and seeing if any, it, it, it's not LaMarcus Aldridge, is it? No, keep going. Farther down the list, Clint Capella? Yeah, I would take Capella over. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. Okay, so I get it. Like, this guy's probably not going to get Clint Capella if he doesn't take him at 26 because his next pick is uh, 47. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's sort of the monster that you're dealing with here because Capella's going... 10 to 15 slots later than this in almost every draft, but this guy would need him to go 21 slots later, and he's not getting that far. So that's where you start to see some guys bounce around a little bit. Um, I'm okay with either of them. You know, John Collins isn't going to hurt you as much in uh, in free throw percent, so maybe that's something that you're targeting. If you already have a guy on your team that's not as good there, and Capella might be a guy that sort of pushes you over the edge. But you know I love Capella. He's the put-you-to-sleeper this year. Nobody's talking about him. But I don't no, he, uh, this is this team has Harden, so Harden should be able to weather that. Oh uh, my god, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think he'll be fine. <laughs> They'll be just fine. Uh number twenty seven, D'Angelo Russell. Uh actually of all the picks in this early chunk here, I know I've clowned on Donovan Mitchell. Uh actually I kinda liked John Collins there, so I can't I can't rag on that one. I'm not man, I'm not into D'Angelo Russell. I I, I I think I have a weird bias on this one. I just, uh, he was number 57 last year. You know, he was, we were picking on Donovan Mitchell and D'Angelo was behind him by two slots. They're in the mid fifties. How can D'Angelo Russell possibly do more in Golden State than he did in Brooklyn when he was basically alone for three months of the year? I mean, I, I get it. I know everybody's like, well, field goal percent should go up a little bit, but 19 shots a game, that's probably where he's going to max out. He'll have a bunch of turnovers because all they do is pass. The only way this gets better is if the assists and field goal percent go up, but he's not a great foul shooter. How does he How does he jump that 30, that top 30 cusp? I just, I'm not seeing it with him. No, I don't see it either. I think this is around too early um, at the very least. I would probably take him to the fifth, but... Um, I could see a fourth-round pick for him, but third round seems way too early. I don't see him getting into the top 40. Yeah, and he was finally healthy, by the way, for the first time since his rookie season. So do we think that's here to stay, or do we think that that was the the aberration in his young career? Because he played 80 games his rookie year, and then he combined to play 111, I think, the next two seasons together. 
So he was averaging 55 games a year, and then he played 81 this last season. So I don't have any idea if he's truly durable or not. Uh, I, I mean, I, uh, he's just not hes not my cup of tea, which I just I like a point guard that gets you one of the two percentages, and he's not good in either of them. I'm not. I'm not a D'Angelo guy. I was kind of hoping that you were going to have the opposite side on that one and we could argue about it, but uh, we agreed. So go ahead. Number 28, back to you. I'll volley it back number in your 20, direction. <laughs> number 28, Kristaps Porzingis. Um, yeah, another, we, I know, but we, you and I both don't like to um, lose our drafts in the first three rounds. Um, this isn't necessarily going to lose, lose his um, draft, but this one's very risky. It is very risky. I'm with you on that one. He's a he's an interesting case study because we know that when he's healthy, he can be a second round guy on a per game basis because that's what he was doing uh, before he blew out his knee two years ago. What was that? 2017, 18. I've lost track of whatever freaking year it is these days. Uh, Porzingis was number 19 on a per game basis before he got hurt uh, in New York. 23 points, six and a half rebounds, two and a half blocks, and two three-pointers. Good good free throw numbers for a big man, not good field goal percent because he doesn't get near the rim too often. So we know that when he's right, he's a second-round guy. But what are the odds he plays more than 65 games this year? Coin flip at best? Mm, Yeah. I mean, this is a roll of the dice. This is the kind of pick you make, Neil, if you're in a league with a boatload of industry pros and you gotta and you gotta shoot the moon a little bit yeah i guess so you're right because the guys at the power forward spots um afterwards are not um that great and uh or, i mean they're safe but they're not like high upside guys so yeah if you're going for you need high upside and you're willing to just um take a risk yeah it's not a bad pick i just um I wouldn't do it for, I guess, my home league. I guess maybe, like you said, in a professional league where you have to basically hit everywhere, you have to be more risky. Yeah, you have to take a few more. But like you, I, in in a normal scenario, it, this is a spot where I'm trying to take someone who's I'm I'm thinking can get to 70 games, and I don't see Porzingis getting near 70 games. And I, as much as I don't like him, I'd rather have the guy behind KP, and that's Russell Westbrook, who finally went where he's supposed to go, which is near 30. But he's durable, and he's going to give you a crap load of stats across the board, and you just have to hope that maybe his free throw percent isn't quite as horrible. I actually really like this pick at 29. Oh, yeah. I've never seen Russell drop this far before. Yeah, I'm really well. <laughs> curious to see where he, where he goes. And um, there, Yeah, he's always been a, you know, a guy who gets overdrafted. And for the first time, he's getting underdrafted. It's very interesting. Yeah, um, I, I, although I'm some of that I think is... Go ahead. I do think some of that is this collection of people. I mean, this is a bunch of people like us who've watched him sit near 30 for a couple years in a row and are just like, okay, I'm not going to take him at 15 where he's going in standard regular ADP style leagues. Uh, I think that when we get into our drafts on, on regular draft day, he's going to go somewhere between 15 and 20. I think he'll fall a little bit from the 14, 15 range but I don't think he's fallen all the way to 30. I believe this was actually the outlier. Yeah, I think he goes in the second round, most drafts. Agreed. Agreed. Number 30. Yeah, somewhere. Go ahead. Uh, oh, yes, I'm up. Number 30. Oh, Chris Paul. Um, I love Chris wow. Paul. <laughs> this is a, I love Chris Paul, too. I have 30. That's a nice, bold move, although 
going back to my point about not wanting to make a bad or take a risk in the first three rounds, gosh, this would be so hard to pass up and also so hard to do if I was sitting here at 30. I think I, I think I would do it. I think I would do it because at least, you know, he's going to try to play in 70 games. He's probably not going to, but here's the difference for me, at least Neil. And then I, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. Here's why I'm willing to do Chris Paul, but not willing to do Chris stops Porzingis because at their best, Chris Paul was a top eight guy. And at his best, Chris stops Porzingis was a top 20 guy. So it's kind of that, like, would you or would you not with Kawhi Leonard? And I know Chris Paul is getting older, but as the guy running the ship in Oklahoma City now, he's going to do a lot. He's going to be heavily involved. I mean, and he's always been a really efficient guy. He can go back to taking his little elbow jumpers and getting his field goal percent back up in the high 40s instead of bombing away from three-point land like he had to do in Houston. Everything points to a really nice per-game number. For Chris Paul, the question is how many times is he actually going to take the floor this year? But at 30, well, to me, it's just, you know, you have to take that shot. Because if he's out there 68, 70 games, putting up near first-round value, that's a, that's an easy one. The floor is so high, all he's got to do is play 60 games at this point to get near his value. And then every time he takes the floor beyond that, he continues to post uh, additional numbers. We can keep rumbling along here. We got a lot of things left to do. Kevin Love, number 30, while we're talking about injury-prone guys and how high they can go. Uh, I'm, he, to me, falls more in the Kristaps bucket where, you know, you could take him in this spot. He's probably not going to be the first-round iteration of himself. I think Chris Paul, just the stat set, gives him a better opportunity to get to that spot. I do think Kevin Love plays more games this year because I think he felt like he missed an entire season, which he basically did. Even though Cleveland's tanking, they're going to be trying to move him. Uh, they'll play him somehow. He's going to have an okay year. This, to me, is just probably not a risk that I'm willing to take, at least not at this juncture, at least not at this juncture of a draft. And he's going a bit later in most drafts. He's going near 43. I mean, he has to, unless he's really um, banged up. But, yeah, I, don't, I would not touch him in the first three rounds. It's too risky. Yeah, and he's going later than this. Too. Isn't that, I mean, that when you're in the middle of a round, which is sort of where we are now, right? This is, what is this, the seventh pick of the round? Then guys are going to come back to you. So, I, I mean, maybe you want to get him. Maybe this is a guy you want to take a shot with, but I don't know that you had to do it at this point. Ah, well. Anyway, uh, 32, that's back to you. We'll kick, we'll punt it back in your direction. Yeah, 32, um, the guy I love here, DeAndre Ayton. Um, I think this might be his floor, so I love this pick. I'm with you. I'm with you. Not much to say. Not much else to say about that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, that's like twice in in the span of 24 hours that someone's gone fully Forrest Gump on something. Did you see the Woj tweet about the ninja head headbands or whatever? Oh, I have no idea. No, I I did not see that. So there was this whole thing about the NBA is now banning the ninja style headbands that tie in the back, Uh, and Woj was tweeting about it uh, relentlessly on Monday. And then he ended his whole thing with something like, uh, and that's all I have on ninja headgear. It was a, it was a very <laughs> reflective, like, I realize I just did a whole bunch of stuff on a ridiculous concept and nobody knows why they're being banned, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but all I could think of when I saw that tweet was Forrest Gump on the bench going, and that's all I have to say about that. 
<laughs> and that's what I'm getting with you and, and DeAndre Ayton here. It's like, I love him, and that's all I have to say about that. Oh, it's a no-brainer. I would take him at the end of the second round. So. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you on that one. I mean, he's going to have a really nice per-game number. He was uh, 33 last year. He should get uh, incrementally better, one would think, in his second year. Uh, there's no reason to think that he goes down, and, and if you know 70-ish games is the floor, he feels, he feels like an oddly safe second-year player in the NBA. Uh, and that's how it works with big men sometimes, though. So I'm with you on that one. I don't know that I would... I, uh, I think I'd probably... Mm, looking at the big men that went in front of him here, yeah, I mean, he's up there with with Collins for me. I think he's in that same neck of the woods. I'd be okay. I'd feel pretty satisfied if I ended up with almost any of the big men in this round. Almost. Almost. Um... 33 is Mitchell Robinson. This is interesting. He's bouncing around a little bit in drafts. It seems like there are some places where people really want to take a shot and other drafts where they don't. His ADP remains in the high 20s, but I haven't actually seen him go in the 20s in almost any draft I've been in. Suddenly, Neil, I'm starting to think that I might actually end up with Mitchell Robinson in some in some league. When he was going in the 20s, I thought no chance, but now that he's going in the 30s sometimes... I might swing for the fences with uh, with Mitch at the end of the third. Oh, certainly in a uh, professional league, I would. No question. Uh, in my home league, this is where I get a little nervous about the Knicks. He doesn't need a lot of time, so he should be. this should be a floor for him. Uh, it's just the organization, the, the coaching. I, I, just, I just worry. Yeah, I, and I, you I, have I every reason I just worry about to. anyone in the Knicks. Yeah, go ahead. You have every reason to. I know I was backing you up. I, I just, I think the point you made in the middle of there was probably the one that makes this okay for me. Is even if the organization does everything stupid, he's still going to play like sixteen to twenty minutes a game at the very minimum, and that's all he needs to be a top fifty guy. So if you get him to twenty two or twenty four minutes, then you suddenly got a guy that can win you blocks by himself at the end of the third round. I'm okay with that. You could also kind of win your field goal percent, although that's really more of a head-to-head type attack mode. Um, and and then looking at the guys that go after him, yeah, there are a couple of big men I might, I probably would take over him that are safer. LaMarcus Aldridge, Clint Capella, guys like that. But, I mean, hell, if you're going to take a swing here, the floor is not going to come out. He's going to play a little bit, and that's all he needs. So I'm okay with it. Uh, Neil, 34. 34, Ben Simmons. Uh, I'm guessing it's not a damn best for Sky. Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, great popcorn numbers. We know his uh, percentages, or his free throw percentage is awful. Um, field goal is obviously great. Um, and then the, uh, God, the turnovers and then the lack of three pointers. Uh, three killer categories. So I would avoid him in the first three rounds. But yeah. if you want him, you probably have to take him here. I don't want him, and I wouldn't suggest other people take him either unless you're punting something, which is fine. I guess you can do that in head-to-head if you must. This team uh, is not punting. This team has Kawhi Leonard and Joel Embiid from the first two rounds. That's that's a saucy play. I don't know that teams are going to do that in a real money league. I think that's a mock draft type of thing. But, uh, yeah, nah, nah. Ben Simmons is never going to fall as far as it would take for me to draft him. That's just how it is. Now, this next guy... By the way, he did end up on my team. I haven't talked a lot about which of these guys are actually on my team, but sure enough, got me some old man LaMarcus at 35. (laughs) 
can you pick on me for this one? I mean, he's just going to coast in at top 40 on a per game, maybe better. And he's durable, and his percentages are good. He's got old man Bespris value play written all over him. Try to talk me out of LaMarcus at 35. No, I can't. Yeah, you um, can't. I would rather have Clint, though, I think. Yeah, you might but be right. I, I'm not sure I even again, noticed I, he was there. I think you took him. <laughs> I did. Okay. I did. I got him both. <laughs> I um this is a this was a very slow mock draft and so I think I had a queue set up with those two guys in it. Uh and I think they might have been together and I set it to auto pick two picks at a time because I was sort of near the turn. I figured that way it wouldn't hold everybody up and I'm fairly certain that this type of stuff happened while I was asleep a lot of the time where it got to me. And in my queue, I probably had DeAndre Ayton, and I probably had, like, Chris Paul blended in there. And I can tell you which guys I had from the next round when we get there. Um, But I left LaMarcus and Clint Capella right next to each other, and I don't think anybody in between them got picked. So, yeah, I did end up with both of those guys. But, um, I mean, hell. You like you probably like both of those picks for me, huh? <laughs> I do. No, this is a very this is a very classic safe third round pick. Yeah, so. and a safe fourth round pick for me as well. But we'll get to exactly. that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, thirty six. This is you. Finish off the uh, the uh, third round. Yeah, for us. last pick of the first round. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, high upside guy. Probably pretty high ceiling or floor. Excuse me. Um, I don't think I would take him in the first three rounds. Uh, but then again, you have the third. This guy has the next two picks, so he could take him in the fourth if he wanted to. Um, oh, gosh. I am a little nervous that um, even when he played well last year, his stats, that was not great. So I am scared that um, he comes nowhere near to this. this yeah, what do you take? I'm, I'm not quite as high on, on JJJ as, as many other people are. I'm a little surprised that the luster didn't come off of him despite a bit of a disappointing year. Um, I think everybody gave him the injury shutdown pass, even though the times he was most productive for the team was when he stopped blocking shots and also stopped fouling so that he could stay on the floor. So this is a season where he needs to prove that he can stay on the floor without fouling and block shots. Do both of those things simultaneously we didn't see that last year. It was a court of a one or the other thing. Either he was flying around, blocking shots, and fouling everybody like Mitchell Robinson, or he was playing a little bit more disciplined, not getting the blocked shots, but staying on the floor. So the points and the rebounds went up on those games, but the blocked shots came down. So I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about it. I mean, again, you mentioned it. This guy doesn't have another pick for 24 slots. So, yeah, you know, you this is the guy. You got to go get him. But, you know, like for me, looking at... Some of these guys in the in the fourth round coming back, one, two, three, four, five, six. I think six of these guys in the fourth round I probably would have taken ahead of JJJ. Uh, but still, you know, if, if that's not this guy's dude, then it's hard to pick on guys that are on the turn because they have to draft differently than everyone else. You just sort of... Anyway... Uh, quickly here, a word from our buddies at mybookie.ag. Neil, you're my guy with this one. You're my fellow degenerate. Tuesdays are the perfect day to do this read for our partners at mybookie.ag. Uh, have I convinced you yet? Just say yes. Yes. Yeah. All over it. Thank two you. And o in the NFL, two and O in football. This Ooh, weekend, there so. you go. Are you taking, are you taking money away from mybookie.ag right now? You're pulling uh, it no, out of their car? them. Only, only losses with them. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I think they, I think they're okay with you winning, Neil. I don't think they have a problem with that. Uh, listen, 
Neil and I are telling you guys right here from the podcast, they're awesome. They're fantastic. Their service is great. They've got this uh, this match bonus going on, which is really the key. Um, you know, even if you only end up playing there until your match bonus is used up, that's fine also. I, I think you'll end up staying longer. They they do as well. We're both confident of that. But you join now. My bookie will double your first deposit. The promo code is the word today, T-O-D-A-Y. As you make your account, use that promo code. It's going to ask you, do you have a promo code when you're creating this account? Say yes. Type in the word today. MyBookie.ag is the website. You play, you win, you get paid. And when you make that first deposit, when you're opening up your account, they will match it up to $1,000. It's pretty sweet. If you're good, it can be an unbelievable kick in the pants for your bankroll. Like if you go in there, and you know you're depositing 300 bucks or whatever it is and you know you could turn your 300 into 4 or 500 or something like that over time how about you just start with 600 instead you know if you're planning on gambling there for a while and making small incremental wagers and just slowly trying to build your bankroll you might as well just start with double because the only thing that these these you know these these deposit matches you do have to gamble that money you can't just deposit it and then pull it back out but if you're going to play it it's perfect. Take your money out of whatever other website you're using. Bring it over to my bookie. Get that get that deposit match again. Promo code is today. Uh, there are buddies over there. Mybookie.ag is the website. Uh, Neil, we might not fully get through the fourth round. We have about ten to twelve minutes left on the pod, uh, but let's see how far we get. Let's see how far we get. Um, Zion Williamson to start the fourth. That's an odd-numbered one, so I get to start it off. I actually really like Zion at 37. I think he has a super high floor. This is farther than he's falling in most drafts. This is a rare time where I'm looking at a rookie and saying, yeah, I'm good with that there. Yeah, I, you know, I've not been a Zion guy all season, or preseason, I should say, but uh, in the fourth round, I would take him, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot more upside guys there, and he's probably, he does have a pretty high floor, so I'm fine with this. I think this is a solid pick. Completely. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's like the one knock where let's say that he was still on the board. Let's take a hypothetical where I was picking between Zion and Clint Capella. Um, I might take Zion just for the chance that maybe things break right and maybe his free throw number comes up. You, you know, with Capella, he's going to miss a few games. He's he's long and lean, so he's, he's going to have an ankle turn or something along the course of the year. We know he's going to be solid, but the upside is a little bit capped. Uh, rebounds are probably going to come down this year with Russ in town. Uh, you know, he's, he's a top 30 kind of guy, which is really nice upside. I think with Zion, there is a universe where he could go higher than that. And I think there's a certain excitement factor to it as well. So I, I get it. And I think I might even lean Zion between the two, but I'm certainly not upset, Neil, that one pick after that, I ended up with your guy, Clint Capella at 30. Yeah, exactly. Lavish, cover me in your praise, Neil Rochelani. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> he is me such a safe, my God. I would take him in the third round if he fell there. Fourth round, it's a no-brainer. Yes. And you got yourself baby. a great value. Yes, lather me in it. More, <laughs> Neil, more. <laughs> you doesn't have to do more. Um, this is an easy one, right? Like, you know, there's sure there's guys behind him that might be a little bit more fun, but what's the worst case scenario for Clint Capella this year? Top 35? Like, I don't think he I don't think there's a I don't think he could even fall as far as where I drafted him. That's a pretty easy pick to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you, you you have value just by making this pick. You've already gained like five spots at least. So I sort of jumped the gun on this one. So I'm just going to say the next guy's name because he's an odd number. But then uh, I want you talking about him first. And that's Pascal Siakam at 39. This is later than he's going in a lot of drafts too. 
It is later, and this is very interesting to see because um, I thought in an industry draft he might go sooner because of his potential to, you know, he's got a lot of buzz. Perhaps guys thought they would have to take him earlier, um, and perhaps he can jump in the top two rounds. I don't think this is a bad pick, though, at this spot. I think this is a decent fourth-round pick. I, you know, Pascal Siakam has an interesting meaning to me because I am in a keeper league, and he's one guy I might keep. You so probably should. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. He's going in the third round in a lot of leagues, and that's a little too early for me. Fourth round, I feel much more comfortable with it. Um, so I'm good with it. Number 40, Neil. Who's next? We're moving quickly here, so we might actually get through this thing. Yeah, number 40 is Draymond Green, which pick. I love this pick. Uh, I think his, his uh, floor is very high. Um, he could finish... I don't want to say second round value, but I think he's going to finish in the third round. So I like this pick a lot. Is he a put-you-to-sleeper? Is he a put me to sleeper? I am. Yeah, I guess bit. so. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, people are not. Uh, he's got no more buzz. Remember when when he had that buzz like a few years ago, and he was like the biggest sleeper, and he turned out and it panned out, and he's he hasn't really dropped off that much since then. I mean, obviously, it's not as not as great with um, a lot of the um, counting stats, but it's it's solid all around the board, and he's. He's a really good player. He's a really smart basketball player who, when he plays hard, is just fantastic on the court, and he's going to be one of the main pieces for this team this year. So, yeah, um, getting Kevin Durant out of that place is going to force him to really wake back up during the regular season. I mean, you're looking at a guy that could have over three combined defensive stats. Uh, I don't even care if he does anything more on offense because more than three combined defensive stats, ten points, eight boards, and seven assists—that's a whopper of a potential fantasy line. I'm, I'm in, I'm all in here. It is a, he's a put you to sleeper and that's my favorite kind of, of sleeper because the other ones don't exist anymore. Uh, Mike Conley at 41, uh, safe fourth round pick. I'm good with this one. Nothing, nothing fancy here. This is the kind of pick I would have made if Capella wasn't on the board. I was going to say, he's like the, um, LaMarcus Aldridge of the uh, third round. <laughs> he really yeah, is. He's, he's, he's point guard, <laughs> he's, LaMarcus. He's the old man guy who's actually still very talented and plays very well still. So puts yep. up good numbers. So. Yeah, he's uh, he's the point guard, LaMarcus Aldridge here at this point. <laughs> That's Although you could make the argument that the next guy is oh, also. Oh, yeah, but he's a little safer, I think. I think Conley's safer than Lowry just because of injury risk. I know they both have it, but Lowry I'm more worried about this season. Yeah, I'll take either of these guys. What? Please explain to me what's going on with Kyle Lowry right now. He had Kawhi Leonard on his team last year, had, by all accounts, his least uh, engaged offensive season outside of just like handing the ball to other people with his eight and a half assists, and he was still number 36 on a per-game basis. Like, what is it the injury? What He's been a little bit dinged up, but I think he gets a worse name there than he should because his injuries tend to come during the fantasy playoffs. The fact that he's being drafted basically later than he's ever finished is a, a total head scratcher for me. Like, when was the last time that he actually finished on a per game basis outside the top forty? I feel like it's been four years. Why, why are we just we've written him off? His ADP is fifty three. By the way, he, this is earlier than he's going usually. Yeah, I'm very surprised too. I don't know if it's just because people think this is the year he falls off the cliff. You know, with the um, they win, they won the championship. Um, so maybe he doesn't play as hard or, or rests more. I don't know. I think he's still someone who's going to – I mean, he's playing for – isn't he playing for USA Basketball? Uh, is he out there or no? No, he. he uh, I believe he dropped he out with hurt. a foot Yeah, foot hurt. thing or something. Okay. But he was he clearly was someone who who's not 
uh, just going to rest because they won a championship. He wants to play hard every game, so I love this pick. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, 43, Jonas Valanciunas. I love JV, um, but he's going at 61 in Yahoo leagues right now. I, I, my only beef with this pick is that he probably would have been there around later. Yeah, exactly. I think I would wait to the fifth round before I take him. I don't think he has. I don't think he gets to the third round in terms of upside. So I think this is kind of his upside, his fourth round. Yeah, you cap it a little bit there. Um, looking at a couple of guys behind him. Uh, let's see, one, two. Uh, I mean, I don't know. And, and looking at some of the guys here taken after, there's only a handful of guys I would probably consider taking uh, in front of uh, in front of JV and. Well, <laughs> the next guy. I mean, okay, you you introduce him, but this is a this is a total put you to sleeper. This is this is one of my favorite picks, Robert Covington at forty four. Mm. Yeah, people keep trying to talk me out of Rocco, but they're not going to do it. Oh, I love this guy's stats so much, and everybody's like, he's hurt all the time. I'm like, yeah, but. I mean, didn't they kind of just shut him down in Minnesota last year? He'll play this season because they're going to want to try to make a, a push for the eight seed, even though they're not going to get it. And without him, they have no shot. He's going to be and he's going to be top 25 on a per game basis. I, I see no reason why he should be going this late. He's wonderful. Yeah, they were actually much better team with him on the court. So um, they are going to play him a lot, like you said. And they might actually win more games than we thought. Yeah, if they do, great. He'll play longer. Yeah. Um, Blake Griffin at forty-five. I'm I, as much as I admire what he did with his game last year. He was a lot better. Um, no, I'm not a Blake Griffin guy. I, you know, it, it's weird to think that last season with this fantastic year he put together, playing seventy-five games on a per-game basis in nine cat, he was still only number sixty-two. And that that was frightening to me because it was like everything went great, and still he couldn't get his per game numbers above top fifty. Um, he was fifty four by totals, which still isn't really all that high. I mean, where really could he get better? Last year was great for him. I'm I can't I can't take him earlier than fifty five, and uh, and this is earlier than fifty five. Yeah, I mean. I, I'm, I'm okay with this pick. I think in the fourth round, he's okay. I probably wouldn't take him uh, here as well. But um, like you said, his defensive stats are what really kills his value. And uh, those will probably never change. So, I'd rather have any of the next three guys instead of Blake Griffin. Oh, really? Oh, I'd rather have two of the three for sure. Hmm. Um, but number 46 is Bam Adebayo. Oh, God. This year's sexy pick... Um, I think I will not get him on any of my teams because this is way too high for me. Yeah, I mean, you have to take him in the fourth round this year, which is a shame. I think I probably would take him if I could get him in the fifth. So I only need about another round to feel comfortable with it because he's going to play a ton. Um, and his stat set is solid, but he's a hype train guy. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm not sure I'm going to be willing to pay for it because some of the other guys on the board to me are just safer and some of them are like 10 picks later like Otto Porter's at 59 I got him again <laughs> uh <laughs> Tobias Harris went at 58 in this draft I think everybody just forgot about him somehow uh Chris Middleton 55 I'm just looking around ahead here Eric Bledsoe 50 I think I'd probably rather take almost any of those guys over Bam in the fourth round and then I'd rather have Bam in the fifth but I guess I mean that's the other discussion here Neil is this is where he's going so what if I told you Neil you could have Bam out of bio 
and you could have Tobias Harris, but you have to draft them at 46 and 58 and not the other way around. Does it really matter which spot you get them in as long as you get the guys you wanted? Yeah, that's that's the weird thing, right? Um, I would take those guys, fourth and fifth round picks, but not in that order. Right. It's so, <laughs> yeah. so funny, yes. So. Um, but if, yeah, if you knew for sure you can get them back, yeah, and you had to just take one earlier, I guess that works. But um, obviously, uh, you have no idea who's coming back to you. I, Yeah, he's not going to be my team. I would not take him in the top 50, so... I'm good with Jason Tatum at 47. I'd rather have um, most of those guys that I just read off on the Bam Adebayo list instead of Tatum, but he feels like he could be sort of the next Otto Porter type. Decent percentages, cross-the-board stuff, doesn't hurt you anywhere. Uh, The only problem with a guy like Tatum is I think you have to have some flashier guys on your team in the first three rounds to justify that pick because he's not going to blow anything away. He's going to be good in a lot of categories, um, like Otto Porter. He's going to be good in a lot of things. And he's not going to be stellar in any one particular spot. So you need to have some of those flashier guys to complement it. But I, I think Tatum's going to be an easy top 50 guy this year. So I see no reason not to take him around 47 unless you think you can wait until the next round. Yeah, I like him a lot this year. Um, I think his stat sets is pretty, like you said, it's not great, but it's very good everywhere. And it's a very safe fourth-round pick. Um I don't see any holes in this game. I just, I guess, you know, with Boston and, and the way they play their offense, sometimes um, guys that are very good don't, don't necessarily get to prove uh, that on the court as much, like in terms of their stat set. But um, I think he's going to take – I don't think he's going to be the third option. I think he's the second option on this team. So I like him. Good enough for me. And then last well, one, Neil, round us out here for the day. Yeah, Buddy Heald at uh, 48, uh, very safe and a fourth-round pick. I liked him a lot last year. It worked out. I think he'll do the exact same thing this year. So yeah, this is- I agree. Exact same thing. And he's going at the end of the fourth. That's that's a, I mean, if you've drafted safe to this point, I don't know that you have to then take healed as another safe pick. But I have no, I never have a problem with people going safe in their fan in their draft picks at this at this range. Um, maybe he exceeds that. I don't know. Even if he doesn't, you're kind of like, okay, got him where I wanted him. Um, and he played in all 82 games last year, so that was good also. A lot of really nice values in the third, fourth, fifth round this year in in a lot of fantasy drafts. I feel like this is where I'm going to make my hay after struggling. Ooh, oh, man, I know we got to wrap it up, but, geez, I have one question. Neil, uh, what do you do if you get the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th pick in your fantasy draft? Do you just cry? Or do you figure, is there oh, like... Oh, yeah, I heard your show today. Uh, do I cry? Um, I do. I, I don't know. I mean, I would, I don't think so. I. You know what? I'm okay with Embiid in that range. So I'm okay Oh, with ballsy. That's a ballsy. I'm okay guy. with both Embiid and actually Kawhi. I know people are really worried about their games played, and they should be. But I just <laughs> think guys, no, but I think guys are going to rest more than we expect. I think... This whole load management is going to be a, a sweeping the league. So I think I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I know Harden's not going to—they're not, not going to let them sit in. But I wouldn't be surprised if some of these other top players play in the low seventies. I think Embiid and um, Kawhi get to the high sixties. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference. Mm, I hope you're right, man. Embiid has not—he hasn't convinced me. I, I have more confidence in Kawhi than I do in Joel Embiid. Maybe I'm—am I in the minority on that one? Because Embiid. It looked like he was having a healthy season last year, and he still only played in 64 games. Kawhi Leonard 
took off every single game he possibly could, and Embiid only played four more games than him. <laughs> uh, I think Kawhi has a better shot of getting to like 67, 68 than Joel does, but I don't know. I also think Kawhi's per-game numbers are generally better. Yeah, you know what? You, I could be convinced to take Kawhi on the turn. I don't think I could take him before 12, mm. though. I would rather have him than I, I think he. I don't know who he said today, but I would rather have Embiid or Kawhi over. Oh God, I'm worried about Bradley Beal this year, so I don't think I would take him. And yeah, Paul George, because I don't know when he what's going to be until you know until we actually see him play. I'm nervous about him too. Yeah, so. not touching Paul George. I, I I'll draft Bradley Beal in that same range. I know he's going to miss games at the end of the year. That makes it real tough for head to head. But in Roto, I'll take. Uh, I'll take Bradley. Even if he takes the last six or seven games off, that's still probably more than you're getting out of uh, the the hyper-load-managed guys that that we were just talking about. Um, Man, I have so many things that I want to discuss. Uh, Neil, next week, I think we're breaking down Yahoo ADPs, and we're just abandoning draft results. The the people have spoken. The great Neil Rochelani, at ball with Neil. Um, Yeah, I'll talk to you next Tuesday, I guess. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Talk wow. to them. Man, that's the good stuff. He's Neil. I'm Dan. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your Tuesday, everyone. Back with Brandon Marcus tomorrow. I'll talk to Coach on Thursday, Adrian on Friday. And a reminder, again, for those that are just tuning in now for the first time in multiple months, hoop ball leagues are open. Tweet at me, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. On Twitter, Dan Besbris. I will get you into hoop ball league. We got Roto head-to-head. $50, we got free leagues. I'll just keep opening them until people stop hitting me up. And uh, so far, there's still between 5 and 10 of you that are asking pretty much every single day. So we'll just keep on opening new leagues. We've got 12 of them going now. We started with four, and they rumble along. Also, again, draft guide available, $15.99. We also have the full season premium package. You can lump that in with the draft guide and save some bucks. You can also get the early bird B150. That comes out on September 23rd, as opposed to the... Um, the one that gets inserted in the draft guide, which is the same information. It just gets done two weeks later. All of that stuff you can find by following at Hoopball Fantasy. Again, I'm at Dan Baspers. He's Ball with Neil. We will talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.